This morning, let's start with a guessing game. You can either shout your answers out or you can write them down in your worship folder, whichever you prefer. Uh, But here's the first question. Well, let me first back up. The Bible has a lot to talk about a lot of different topics. It's a big book with a lot of different things. Uh, How many verses in the Bible do you think talk about faith? You got your answer? All right. How many talk about prayer? And finally, how many verses in the Bible talk about money and possessions? The Bible has a lot to say about faith. The faith of a Christian is very important, isn't it? It's through our faith in Jesus that we receive forgiveness. It's through Him that we receive uh, eternal life and peace on this earth. And it has a lot to talk about it. In fact, 500 verses in the Bible talk about faith. And the same is true for prayer. 500 verses talk about prayer. And for a Christian, prayer is very important too, isn't it? Because prayer is how we communicate with God. We talk to God in prayer and God talks back through His Word. Money and possessions. How many do you think talk about money and possessions? The answer might surprise you. 2,000 verses talk about money and possessions. Jesus himself talked a lot about money. In uh, the, the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four books that deal with Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, they talk extensively about money. Jesus told 38 parables. A parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. He told 38 of them, and 16 of those parables dealt with money and possessions. One in every ten verses of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John talk about money. A total of 288 verses in all. It seems that money and possessions are important to God, isn't it? Because He talks a lot about it. But why? Why is it so important to talk about? Why did God think it's so important to talk about that He spent so much time so many verses on this subject. Is it because God just wants your money? No. Why is it? Well, God knows the human heart, doesn't He? And the human heart hasn't changed since Adam and Eve fell into sin. And He knows that His number one competitor is money. People view money as power. They view money as security. They view money as happiness. And God says, no. All of that you find in me, not in money. And so he talks extensively about it. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. If it's important to God, it's important to us. We're in the series Generous George, and we're learning uh, and being retaught how to be generous. And so today we're going to talk about being generous with our money. And as I said at the beginning of the worship service, uh, don't tune me out yet. Keep with me for a little longer. And uh, I think you're going to have a different outlook on it. Because here's the reality. The, The truth about giving is easily blurred. 
And we're going to see that today in the section of Scripture we're looking at. We're in Mark chapter 12. And to set the, the scene for you, to give you the context, it's Holy Week. It's Jesus' last week here on earth, and in a few days, He is going to be going to the cross and die. And today, He's in the temple for the very last time in Jerusalem. And here's what we're told. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. In the temple... When you, when you walked in, there was a room for the treasury. There were 13 trumpet-like baskets uh, for the offering. The first couple were for the temple tax. Everyone who came into the temple owed a tax. And what that money went for was the upkeep of the temple to keep it clean, uh, the day-to-day activities. The rest of them were for voluntary gifts. And those gifts went towards sacrifices. If you remember a few weeks ago, we talked about Old Testament uh, worship practices. And we, we talked about all those sacrifices that they did and the significance of it. Remember that uh, the Old Testament worshipers came to worship with the mindset that a Savior is coming. A, uh, the ultimate sacrifice is coming. The Messiah, the one, Jesus, or the one God is sending, is still to come. And as they came to worship and they sacrificed that lamb, It was a reminder to them that their sin is so grievous, their sin is so serious in God's sight that someone needed to die, either them or this lamb. And so when they sacrificed that animal, it was a reminder that God is sending the ultimate sacrifice to pay for sins. By Jesus' time, when Jesus was around, uh, it changed a little bit. You no longer had to sacrifice an animal, you now could give money as a substitute for the the animal. And that's what this woman is doing here. She can't afford to buy an animal to sacrifice, but she can afford to give something. And so as she comes to worship, she gives these two coins as her sacrifice. New Testament worship is similar but a little different. We come to worship... And we come after a long week of being uh, burdened with sin, feeling guilty and and, and shamed uh, because we know how we've broken God's law and we come and what do we do? We don't think God's sending a sacrifice. We come and we hear God has sent the sacrifice. God has sent His one and only Son and He's died for me and He's taken away all of my sins. You see, the woman understood that God wants a broken heart over sin, and an overjoyed heart that He has taken care of sin. And that's what this woman understood. She understood that as she put those two coins in the basket, that Jesus was going to come. The other people who were giving didn't understand this. We're going to find out in a minute that they're giving large amounts of money And it's not because they were broken over their sin and they were giving a sacrifice or or an offering. Not at all. They viewed the temple as more of a, a country club and these were their dues. 
It's actually recorded that by the baskets, there were people who just waited and watched for people to give in large amounts. And then when they gave in a large amount of money, they would clap and cheer and, and, and praise that person. So what are they giving for? The praise, honor, and glory of people? Or because they want to praise and honor their God? Human beings don't really change, do they? We're still impressed with big money. We're still impressed with uh, big donations. There's a story of a rich American who went over to South Korea and he was traveling with an interpreter and he, he tells this funny story to these Korean people. And after he gets done telling the story, his interpreter tells the story again. He interprets it. And uh, it was a lot shorter, but when he finished, everyone laughed. A little later on, the, the rich American said, that was so cool that they thought the joke was hilarious. Uh, and it was really neat how you were able to shorten that story down uh, in Korean. And the interpreter said, oh, no, no, no. Uh, I didn't tell the joke. I just simply said, rich American with big checkbook told funny story. Do what you think is appropriate. <laughs> you see, the, the truth about giving has been blurred. People think that the more you give, the higher the number, the more impressive it is, and the more God looks down with happiness on your giving. And yet that's not exactly true. So let's look now at the truth about giving uh, is easily defined. It is. And here's what Jesus says. Calling His disciples to Him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Nobody would look at this woman and commend her for what she was doing. In fact, if they knew that these were her last two coins, they would probably consider her crazy. They, they would probably say something like, Lady, at least hang on to one of them. Maybe you can buy one egg and have one last meal. Don't put everything into the plate. That's crazy talk. Nobody would commend her. But Jesus did. Why? Because Jesus knew her motivation, didn't he? Isn't that a sobering thought? That Jesus knows things about us that nobody else does. He knows all of our motivations. He knows why we give so much. He knows why we give so little. He knows everything about us. And He knew this woman's motivation. And so He calls His disciples to Him and He says, Look at this woman. While everyone is over there praising the rich, this woman has given with the correct motivation. Jesus doesn't condemn uh, the, the people for giving a lot of money. He doesn't say that's a bad thing. But their heart wasn't into their giving. They weren't giving to honor and praise their God. They were giving for the honor and praise of men. But he knew that this woman's motivation, when she came and she put those two coins in, it was because she had a broken heart. And he knew, and she knew, that a sacrifice needed to be made. And she found that sacrifice in Jesus, in the one who was to come. And isn't it ironic? 
She's looking forward to this sacrifice to come. And where is he sitting? Right across the way, looking at her, observing her put in this money. And in just a few days, he'd go to the cross for her. You see, this woman, as she gave those last two coins, what did she literally do? She put her hand, herself into God's hands. She wasn't trusting in money. She was trusting completely in God. And she knew that He could take care of her far better than two coins could or a million times any number of coins. She knew that Jesus, that God, not only had her eternal future in mind, but would also take care of her here on earth. What's our motivation when we give here at church? I hope it's the motivation like this woman. But sometimes is it because we want others to see how much we give? And if they don't see, do we want the satisfaction of knowing at least to ourselves, I'm one of the, the big financial supporters here at Peace? Or is it the other side? We're, we're afraid to give. There's a study that I just read. In America, American Christians give 2.6% of their income to church. Think about that. We give more in taxes than that. We, we go out to eat after church and we tip our wait staff more than that. Why is it that it's so low? I think it's because we're fearful, aren't we? I admit I am. We find security in our bank account. Uh, imagine for a second if you went home today, drained out your savings, and gave it all to church. Does that make you a little nervous? Yeah. And what's that show about our hearts? That our security is in our bank account, right? And that goes back to the start of the sermon where I talked about our security not being in God, but in money. This woman's heart found rest, found security, found peace and trust in God. And I hope that's our motivation too. I pray that's our motivation. I hope we're motivated by the same thing she's motivated by. The fact that we're broken by sin and that God generously gave His Son as the ultimate sacrifice for our sin to redeem us, to purchase us back. And that's kind of a weird phrase, isn't it? That God had to purchase us, and yet that's exactly what He had to do. Sin and Satan controlled us. Sin and Satan had possession of us. And God had to buy us back, not with gold or silver, but with His holy precious Son. A couple weeks ago in our Connect group, we were talking about that whole concept of giving up a child and just... Uh, some of the parents there said, I can't imagine giving up a child. Think about that. Could you imagine giving up a child for your child, for someone who's on death row, for committing some of the most horrible crimes on earth? And yet that's exactly what God's done for you. He gave up His one and only Son, His most precious treasure to have you. And He gave Him up as the ultimate sacrifice for not just your sins, but the sins of the entire world. And here's the crazy part. Jesus, who's 100% God, 
Like Paul said in 2 Corinthians, he was rich. He had all the wealth of heaven, all the wealth of earth. He's God. And he gave it all up to live in poverty. Jesus said while he was here on earth, foxes have their holes and and birds have their nests, but the Son of Man doesn't have a place to lie down his head. Why did he have to live in poverty? Because he needed to trust God perfectly, right? You and I, we need the perfect substitute, not just to pay for sins, but we need perfection of our own. We need to trust God 100% to take care of us. And that's what Jesus had to do for you and me. And so as we stand before God and He says, have you trusted perfectly with your whole heart in me? Or has a little part of your heart been, find, found security in your money? We can stand before Him and say, God, I've trusted you completely. Because here's Jesus' perfect record in my place. That's why He had to give up all of His wealth for you. So what do we do with this? Do we look at this woman here and and, and do we leave here and say, well, I have to be just like her. I have to drain my bank account and give everything to church? No. That's not the point of this story at all. Instead of trying to copy her act, copy her faith. That's the point. Copy her faith. Realize that as we come to worship, it's not... Uh, we don't give our offerings because it's uh, the dues we have to pay because we're getting right with God by giving money. No, not at all. We give because we want to honor and glorify our God who has been so generous to us. God doesn't need our money. He's the creator of the world. If He was really in a bind, He could just snap His finger and billions of dollars would be right there. He doesn't need our money. Rather, He lets us participate in His ministry. Generosity is contagious. And when we realize over and over again how generous our God has been, that He's given up His one and only Son for us, we can't help but want to be generous like this widow who just wanted others to hear that same message. The message that our sins have been forgiven. God is a generous God. Amen. Please stand. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank You for being so generous and giving up Your life for us, giving up the riches of heaven for us. We ask that as we go about our life, continue to let us uh, grow deeper in Your generosity that we too may be generous. Amen.